catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. While covering a skill acquisition program in Nigeria's capital, Abuja, just about a week ago, I ran into a top government official who was deeply worried about how things were turning out in the community. Now, she was afraid of the rising number of young persons in the community who loitered around every day, staring viciously at her as she drove to earn a living at work. She explained that while discussing this with a friend of hers who lived in the Lekki area of Nigeria's economic hub, which is Lagos, her friend also decried having to go through the same ordeal. Sometime in November 2019, Kenyan Boniface Sagini wrote a piece titled Youth Unemployment, the stories behind the statistics. He told stories of young Kenyans, those with university degrees and those without school, having turned into statistics shared every day by experts across the world discussing the ticking time bomb that is Africa's rising youth unemployment rate. The stories which Boniface told happened just a few months before the first COVID lockdown in Africa. The last set of COVID restriction measures have just been lifted. Two years after the dreaded COVID hit and had us on lockdown, has unemployment been Africa's biggest hit from the pandemic? The jobs campaign spokesperson of Yes for Youth, Itumeleng Lentoane, will be discussing with me today the many issues around this challenge and the contribution of the recently launched Jobs Now Africa campaign in providing the needed solutions to this challenge. Hi, Itumeleng. How are you doing today? Good morning, Anthony. Thank you for having me this morning. I'm good, thanks. And how are you? I'm good. I'm really fine. Um, I've been having a lot of discussions around work and a lot of discussions around unemployment, employment, mm. decent work, and say since the last one month. And, mm. you know, it's, it's something I like to talk about anyways. The ILO's World Employment mm. and Social Outlook of 2021, which was um, recently released, noted that even before the onset of the pandemic, Africa was facing significant economic and labor market challenges. Can you give us a bit of a background into the unemployment issue mm. in Africa just before COVID struck? Mm. So, you know, Anthony, the lack of decent jobs in Africa has always been a concern. And I think at times we prioritize other social, long-time health in the forefront of our social um, crisis, even food security at some point, you know, was a priority. And now with COVID happening, the unemployment concern has just been exacerbated and just has been made worse. In Africa, before COVID, over 80% of the African working population was within the informal sector. Now, we know that the informal sector is characterized by lower paying salaries, less job security, if or any very little social protection. And that alone was already a concern that in Africa, we have very limited, sustainable and decent ways of earning an income. Now, with the COVID-19 pandemic, these numbers have exacerbated, not just only for the simple livelihoods of individual communities, but when you look at small and medium enterprises, even the large corporates, you know, were really hit hard by the pandemic. 
if you're looking at just job losses, the hours that the decline in the working hours in Africa across the formal and informal sector is equivalent to about 61 million jobs that have been lost across the continent. When you look at small and medium enterprises, we know that they already are quite vulnerable to bankruptcy. It's already a challenge trying to get that access to loans from the bank. And with the pandemic, this has just worsened for them with quite a large number of SMEs having to shut down. And of course, this means that jobs had to be lost as well. Now, do you think it would have been a lot more better if we didn't have the pandemic, you know, the COVID pandemic happen? I think that the COVID pandemic just, you know, brought to life and highlighted for us how big this issue was. You know, Anthony, I've always believed that the unemployment rate across the continent has always been a ticking time bomb. And with COVID, it's just that the bomb has now exploded, which now calls for more urgent and aggressive, you know, responses to the unemployment rate across the continent. Without COVID, unemployment has always been a concern. How do we create sustainable, decent and meaningful work opportunities? But of course, now with the pandemic happening, this has now become more urgent than ever that we collaborate, you know, between government, the private sector and the normal citizen to find ways as to how do we solve this. I think for a long time we've always left it in the hands of government or either just solely in the hands of the private sector to create these work opportunities. But what we're saying in this jobs charter is really that we need more hands on deck. We need government, we need non-stakeholders, we need private sectors, including the ordinary community to come up and come together in really acting and finding solutions to this increasing unemployment rate. Now, you mentioned the Jobs Charter and the Jobs Now Africa campaign that was just launched. Yeah, Yeah, tell us a bit about this campaign, who is involved in the launch, who is involved in the campaign too, what informed this launch, uh, and what is the aim of this campaign? Sure. I'm very excited to be on the call today to speak about the Jobs Now Africa, also known as the People's Call to Action, the People's Charter to Action and Jobs in Africa. Now, this campaign comes after six-month consultation across uh, seven different countries that contribute to a third of our work opportunities in Africa. So this includes South Africa, Kenya, Nigeria, DRC, Togo, Nigeria, amongst others. So across the countries, we went and we met and we consulted with different stakeholders. We met with NPOs and CSOs. We met with some government. We met with the private sector. And we all came together really to say, how can we create this 15 million jobs across the African continent a year? We came together to find rigorous solutions and ideas and what are the barriers to creating this work employment throughout the continent. Now, the Jobs Now Africa campaign is being launched only in Pan-Africa at the moment. And we're taking now a closer look at each of the country's specific needs, what the economy and the labor market characteristics are, and how do we then take this job charter and implement it at a country level. Now, the jobs charter 
really is a call to action. And we really want to push government, non-stakeholders and the community to really raise their hand, raise their voices and be part of finding the solution to this unemployment crisis. Okay, I'm really interested in how it's going to be Mm. done. Um, Mm. How will the campaign make sure that this challenge is, you know, Mm. solutions are brought forward or the solutions Mm. are implemented? Definitely. So the African Development Bank did some work a while ago where they reported that between 10 and 12 million youth, African youth, enter the labor market each year. And in response to this, the economy can only create about 3 million jobs where we see over half of this population then left unemployed, vulnerable and discouraged. And in 2050, we expect our population to have doubled. So in response to this increasing population and this disalignment between our increasing in population and the lack of jobs and the very slow creation of work opportunities, we see that this gap is getting bigger and bigger each year. So really what the Jobs Now campaign is is saying is we are advocating for key policy commitments and reforms. And we're asking our partners to really join us in some of our action points, our key priority actions that we have identified. The first, of course, is the creation of decent jobs. How do we create decent, meaningful and sustainable jobs? And here we really took a look at what we call the rich sector, the rich job sectors. And these are the sectors that really have the potential to grow fast enough to hire um, individuals at a very high capacity. When some of these sectors include the ICT sector, where we see the world going the full IR route. This includes manufacturing. Even the creative industry, you know, is opening up and showing quite a big potential of being able to create these work opportunities. Our second call to action was how do we optimize of the African free trade area? Really, how do we as the African continent do business with each other, making it easier to buy and to sell, to pay and to even logistically, you know, how do we transport goods between our countries? We're also calling for safe and dignified employment opportunities for youth. We also want them to be involved in finding these solutions because the youth at the end of the day are at the center of our campaign. So we're really also looking at ways of involving the youth. How do we upskill them? How do we prepare them for these work opportunities? Lastly, we really want to speak to openness, transparency, and accountability. Now, this is a big one, Anthony, because it not only speaks to your government and the businesses themselves, but it also speaks to the ordinary citizen. How do we then hold each other as a continent uh, accountable for all of our actions that we take in solving for unemployment? You've really made a lot of points from the AFCFTA to decent jobs, 
and from there to the different sectors that are very important ICT which is one area we're really committed to technology right these are very very important points do you already have the commitment of private and public stakeholders mm. um, or are we going all out to drag them into this <laughs> so we're going all out to bring them into this and I think this is where you know these one million voices that we need become so so crucial and so important. Firstly, you know, to get the attention of government and the private sector, we really need to be loud, we need to be visible, we need to be seen and we need to be heard. So this is why it's so important to have as many, you know, voices and hand raisers behind the campaign as possible. But also, Anthony, you know, I mentioned slightly that we're looking also at each country's economic characteristics. What are the labor market issues that already exist? What are the political dynamics that already exist so that we know exactly which doors to knock on and which conversations to have? Because I think we anticipate that it will be a slightly different conversation with each country, but of course with the same end goal in mind. How do we create these 15 million job opportunities each year. Okay, that being said, the disruption to labor markets has had devastating consequences for both men and women, right? Mm-hmm. But women's unemployment or employment rather declined by about 5% in 2020 compared to 3.9% for men in the same year. Mm-hmm. And women who lost their jobs in 2020 um, and then exited the labor force to um, it's also on the rise and it's more than that of the men. Is mm. this campaign giving some form of focus to addressing the work gender equality challenge too? Yes, we are. We have made provisions for gender and informality in the charter. You know, like you mentioned now, women and youth are very much underrepresented in the informal economy. So the solution that we're seeking in this campaign is really giving identity, you know, to the informal businesses, enforcing country-specific regulations based on the unique characteristics of that specific country. Whether we do this by ensuring that women and decent income equal opportunities, reducing workplace harassment. You know, we can even go further as partial unemployment. How do we then bring jobs closer to where the community is and bring them to the heart of the communities? So definitely, that is definitely part of the charter. Okay, also speak to the challenge of the informality of employment. Um, Just a Mm. few words on that too. Are you asking specifically the informal sector, hey, Anthony? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. So, you know, the informal sector plays a very big part of the job creation with over 80% of the African workforce being part of, falling part of the informal sector. And the transition of how do we take these small informal business and really turn them into formal big corporate companies is is very broad. But I think where we could all start is really by building capacity in the informal sector. Now, when I say capacity, Anthony, I mean both financial 
and non-financial. In the informal sector, in terms of financial capacity, we need to ensure that they have access to financial support, be it access to loans, be it access to engage with possible investors, be it a simple thing as maybe lowering the tax in the country that small businesses must pay. As a response, of course, to capacitating them financially through equipment, through money itself, this then gives us the spillover effect that the more productive that the business is, the higher the possibility that they will employ more people. Once more people are employed, of course, this then has another spillover effect in the actual livelihoods of the employed person's dependents. So I think that the transition and how do we really help the informal sector become formal is really by capacitating them, giving them financial access, giving them capacity to human resources, people to work on the ground, you know, as a small enterprise, if I can only afford to have four employees, but if I can have 10, I'm able to produce more. My turnover and my revenue is increasing. I'm able to hire more people. My product quality can also increase. So I think really that transition all starts with capacity. Okay. Now, how important is this charter for the future of the youths of the continent? I think it's very important, Anthony, because we're starting to see even in the unrest in our various African countries that youth are now frustrated, you know? Youth are very frustrated and they're becoming vocal and expressing their frustration in various ways. So I think this charter really is our first step in ensuring that this does not spill over to the next generation. We could even start there, you know, that to make sure that your children and my children are not on the streets begging, are not then resorting to criminality to try and put bread on the table. It also really helps our future generation because we are starting, you know, a process that I believe will continue even when we are not here. These policies and these reforms that we are seeking government to implement are really not just for the next 10 years or for 20 years, but when done right, we can see them still being in existence for 50 years to come. So how many jobs are we looking at from now until, say, the next decade? Do we have any (laughs) caps? Yeah. Yeah. So at this moment, we know that we must create 15 million jobs across the continent annually. How then we're going to unlock these jobs will be in various ways, as I said, through government, through our private sector, even through youth themselves who say, I have a business idea and I think this could really um, go big and have the potential to, to, to create work opportunities. So even looking at entrepreneurial routes, how do we support young hustlers, they call them these days, and really, and that speaks to how do we turn that in formal sector to a formal sector business. Now, after the launch, the launch has happened. Um, yes. what's, what happens next? What are the next steps that would be taken? And also, what role does everyone have to play? Youths, um, those in the government, uh, those in the private sector. If you're going to speak to these persons mm. and these groups you know, right now, what would you say um, they should do mm. next? 
So yes, we have launched across the Pan Africa. So the, the campaign will be running for the next three years, where we're looking at extending it for a further two years, given the results, of course, that we accomplished in the first three years. And what I would say to everyone listening on the show today is please, you can have, you can take three actions to support us. One is by signing our petition and raising your hand and joining the One Million Voices on the Jobs Now Africa campaign and you can do so by going onto our website www.jobsnowafrica.org where you can sign our hand raiser. Secondly, you can like, share and comment on our social media content. This is on Twitter, on Facebook and on Instagram. We really believe that we want this campaign to go as far as possible in order for it to reach the relevant ears and eyes to get the solutions and actions. And lastly, we'd like to really encourage everyone to be on the fourth front of demanding these policy changes and really holding government and non-state partners accountable by pushing them and really urging them to do more when it comes to solving for unemployment. Okay, thank you very, very much. Um, Very, very um, important discussion we've had. I really hope to have you and other members of the campaign um, maybe later on in the month or later in the year to um, check on the progress of this campaign and also lend our voice to it to say, yes, this is something that needs to be done. This is a reminder. We need to get this done. So just before you go, we always have like a small short game that we usually play with. You know? Yeah. So sure. just before you go, um, two questions, mm-hmm. two questions and only two questions. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to lose all applications on your phone, everything, mm-hmm. what three mm-hmm. would you never want to lose? It would be my Outlook, my emails. Okay. <laughs> it would be my WhatsApp. And it would have to be my camera to keep on capturing the memories. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's nice. That's cool. Uh, the very yes. business and the live, um, enjoy life. You know, that, that's like, you know, what I think. It's all cool. Yeah. Now, okay, the next one would be, this is the last one, I promise. Mm-hmm. If you had the choice or the opportunity mm-hmm. to invent something, a solution that isn't available now, what will mm-hmm. it be? Um, I was thinking the other day, I wanted to Google something, an object, but of course, I didn't know what this object is. That's why I was Googling its name. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I wish Google had a camera option where you take a picture of something and then you say, what is this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> crazy, but I think it will help a lot. I think that's one of uh, an inconvenience I experienced this week that made me think of quite a innovative uh, uh, idea for Google where we could take a picture without any words and ask Google, what is this? Or how do you describe this? And then it, the answer would just pop up and say, the picture you have taken is actually a chair. That's what you call it. It's called a chair. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's like search for images. Yeah. Yes, search for images. Yeah, when you don't know the words. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Thank you very much. We've been speaking to the jobs campaign spokesperson of Yes for Youth, Itumeleng Letsoane. I hope I got your name right. Yes, you did. Thank you very much, Anthony. That's a very good try. You really did. <laughs> yeah. We've been talking about the challenges and uh, the many issues around 
unemployment in Africa and the contribution of the recently launched Jobs Now Africa campaign, uh, the contributions of this campaign in providing the needed solution. Thank you very much. I wish to have you again uh, later on in the year to track the progress of this campaign. Thank you very much. It will be our pleasure. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.